What's going on, everyone? This is Griffin McDonald, the host of Fit Check, a podcast about personal style and the stories behind them. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Fit Check, a podcast about personal style and the stories behind them. And this week, we have on Sydney Daigle from Nashville, Tennessee, fashion merchandising major, president of the Alpha Gamma Delta sorority at USC, director of programming for Fashion Board at USC, and the new co-host of Fit Check, along with me and Grace Patton. How are you doing, Sydney? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty tired. Had a long day, but we can <laughs> we can we so we soldier on. You know, we move. So before we get into the personal style aspect of the interview, we have to do a fit check. What do you give? Give us the full totality of uh, of your outfit right now. Yeah, I'll go top to bottom. So first, I have my hairstyle in a claw clip. I'm loving that trend recently. And then I have like an all around the world travel graphic tee, and then I have it matched with a green jumper, and then I have Reebok sneakers on. Did you thrift your your the stuff on top? I did not. So I studied abroad in Spain in high school and I bought it there and I've had it ever since. That's actually sick. That's way cooler than anything I could ever do. Oh, so you bought it in Spain just like yes. randomly? Okay, that's actually We sick. went on a shopping day because European fashion is just always months ahead of American fashion. And it was so funny to see at the time there was this trend where like pearls were sewn onto sweaters and all that. And I was like, this is never going to end up in America. And then I came home in that October. It was in every single store. That's sick. That's what I've noticed about uh, the the Europeans. They're always kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. fashion and mostly just like everything else too. But let's get into your kind of personal style now. Mm-hmm. What kind of originally got you into the whole fashion thing? What was the kind of like the turning point where you were like, oh, maybe I should start caring about what I wear and how I present myself and stuff like that? So I've always kind of had an interest in fashion and dressing myself. My mom will tell you day in and day out growing up, I would fight her and not let her choose anything I would wear. So it started at a very young age when justice was the big thing to wear. I had like this whole splatter paint outfit, like arm socks, leggings, skirt, shirt. That I, that was kind of my go-to outfit growing up. And then I also went to Catholic school K through 12, which had a very, very strict uniform. So I really only ever got to decide what I wore on the weekends. So that definitely also played into a factor. And I would always wear like high heels, like dressing up. It's a complete 180 to where I am now. So it's definitely evolved, but I love just being the trendy one at school. Like everyone would always compliment my outfits and asking where I got things, which I loved. And then now in college, it's kind of calmed down. You will never catch me in a pair of high heels ever unless it's sorority recruitment. And I absolutely have to. So it's definitely evolved over the years. That's where that's kind of a weird coincidence because you and Grace both went to Mm -hmm. Catholic school. Do you think there's like yeah. a like a certain pipeline of like having to wear uniforms K through 12 and then finally getting out of that and just going nuts? Definitely. Even peers from my high school, I've noticed they've all kind of gotten into the niche fashion cuz you could choose outfits for like football games and sporting events, but then like I had a hair coat, I couldn't wear makeup, I couldn't wear jewelry, no nail polish. 
like so many rules that it's everyone just kind of wanted to express themselves when they got to college and everyone goes like a complete 180 freshman year of college because they are finally able to express themselves. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. And the high heels thing, I wanted to talk, I was thinking about this earlier because I was walking on campus and I was like, there's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that I have in my closet where it's like, I can't really wear this and walk to class because mm -hmm. it's either uncomfortable or it's not like, it doesn't suit the weather yet. Definitely. So I think it's like, for me, and maybe I would assume most college students around the country, like it's, it's kind of hard to buy clothes that you enjoy that look cool or that you think look cool, whatever, mm -hmm. while still having mm -hmm. that like functionality aspect of, of walking to class and like doing everything else. Um, and I think that that thrifting definitely kind of like combats mm -hmm. that in a way, because you can kind of, you can like buy a thing, make it your own and make it more functional. And just, and it's like not a big deal because you're not dropping like, you know, $200 on a pair of like designer jeans. So definitely. Yeah. I, I know you love to thrift too. So like, and also like <laughs> thrifting also calms the fact that most college students don't have money like mm -hmm. at all, just generally. And so you can, again, just buy, buy stuff that you like and then make it your own. What do you look for when you're like out at the thrifts, just kind of looking for whatever? So I always go straight to hoodies and I feel like those are super easy. I go to the men's section jackets. I got this hoodie over the summer that I wear day in and day out. It's my current obsession, but I think it's super easy to thrift t-shirts and outerwear there's just so much of it and you can usually buy better quality versions of that in my opinion i feel like clothing quality in the recent years has kind of gone down and even though stuff at the thrift stores is two dollars or less it's usually of better quality than something you're buying at a well-known real real retailer retailer <laughs> yes yeah no that's um, that's definitely true I've, i've noticed that too because with things like h&m shein All those mm -hmm. like big fast fashion brands, the quality of clothes in those are just like abysmal and they're gone. They're done yeah. being used after like two washes. But the mm -hmm. stuff you buy at thrifts is like made in 90s, 80s, sometimes early 2000s where the mm -hmm. the quality of it was like actually like pretty decent. And the designs on T-shirts, hoodies and sometimes even jeans are, are just like out of this world, like super, super crazy. Um, but it's just like hard thrifting sometimes mm -hmm. because there are some people who like And I want to get your take on this. What do you what do you think about people who like just buy out the thrifts and then just sell everything for like a 200% markup for a profit? Yeah, I'm not sure. I have some friends with the thrift accounts and I am okay. In my opinion, I think if they do the bidding approach, it's a great option. Like it's just a fair capitalist system and there are still ways to buy it for $16. But I've seen people on Depop will thrift Levi jeans and sell them for $200 and you can go to the Levi's website and they're not even that expensive. And so the argument of the new concept of thrifting and the trend raising prices, I don't agree with, but I do think it's unfair how people are going and selling it for triple the price when they paid like $2 for it. Yeah. A Depop is crazy. Because mm -hmm. I, like, I get like people making their own stuff and like charging what they think you know, labor in the product is worth. But like, if you're just like what you said, like just buying a random pair of jeans from like Goodwill and then selling it for like 150, 200 bucks. It's mm -hmm. like, that's, that's defeating the entire purpose of it. I think. Thrifting, in my opinion, it's almost the way to take classism out of fashion. I feel like recently 
The really trendy clothes are always super expensive, but at thrift stores, you can find such unique pieces. And by taking those really cool pieces out and selling them on Depop for $200, you're completely selling out a target market that could really want to be invested in fashion. But me personally, I can't afford to drop $200 on a pair of jeans. And so then yeah. there's probably a whole nother target market that wants to be fashionable but can't afford those prices, which is why they go to thrifting and go to Goodwill, Salvation Armies, all of that, but can't do it because they get bought out. Right. Yeah, that's another thing that I've noticed about fashion. There's a lot of gatekeeping in the mm-hmm. in fashion, especially with someone who's like maybe wants to try something new in their own personal style or is getting into fashion mm-hmm. for the first time. If they go online and it's like, and, and they're like, hey, like, how should I style this? There's going to be two people who are like, hey, maybe try this with this pair of jeans or whatever and, like, help them out. But then there's, like, 75 people. It's like, shut up. You're never going to do anything. Like, you, this fit sucks. Like, it's terrible, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I don't know. I, I never really agree with that because it's, like, it's just clothes, people. And that's the other mm-hmm. thing I noticed about fashion people on the internet. They take it so seriously for no reason. It's, like. Me, too. I feel like with influencer culture, too, that it's this whole new branch of, oh, I can't tell you where my outfit's from. Like, I can't tell you where anything is from, which I think is so strange. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really weird. There's a lot of weird people on the internet, especially in, like, the, in like communities like fashion and, like, skating mm-hmm. and music and stuff like that. There's a ton of gatekeeping and just, like, people trying to take you down for no reason even if you're just trying Mm -hmm. to start out but whatever that's beside the point anyways back to you um what is what is your own personal style kind of how important is it to you and what does it mean to you so in my personal style I like to say I don't really have a set style I kind of just buy and wear what I want like one day my friends back home say I dress like I'm always headed to a farmer's market, like very loose clothes. I like to wear colors. You will not find many neutrals in my closet. I have every single color of the rainbow and probably every single shade imaginable. So that's definitely an aspect of my style. But when it comes to specific pieces, it's kind of all over the place. It's definitely changed in college shoes. I always go for more comfortable styles since as we were talking about earlier, you have to wear it to classes. You have to be able to walk around. There's very few events I need to dress up for. So definitely bringing that all into it as well. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite uh, piece in, in your collection right now? Right now, I just thrifted this Urban Outfitters matching blazer and short combo at Buffalo Exchange, it's my all-time favorite thrift store, but it's blue and it has paisley, and I just think it is so cute. It's gotten me so many compliments, and I got it for like a fourth of the cost, and it's so unique but still classy, and it's just absolutely amazing. What did you say that the the what is it called Buffalo? Buffalo Exchange. It's kind of like I explain it as a Play-Doh's closet, but everything coming in is like has to be on trend. It has to be a name brand, but it's still the most expensive thing you'll buy is like fifty dollars. Okay, that sounds sick, actually. That sounds really cool. Um, what's been the biggest influence on your personal style so far? Because I know for me, it's definitely been probably music and just honestly social media, just seeing what other people are doing, kind of doing my own thing with that. But uh, what about you? Definitely also Instagram. I'm obsessed with Emma Chamberlain. If she wears something, it's on my radar. I love her as an influencer and just her style. It's very cool, in my opinion. And then I also get a lot of inspiration from Pinterest and 
seeing kind of how that adapts. I don't really like to follow trends just because I feel like the trend cycles are so short. You'll buy something and then two weeks later, it's non-style anymore. So I really try to make sure the items I'm buying is something that I personally like and making sure it's true to who I am. I have clothes that I've had since middle school in my closet and still are wearing it. So definitely following the trends, but taking it in my own direction. Yeah. How do you think influencers have, have influenced the, the fashion, just the entire realm of it? Entire, I think it's called people with the rise of social media and influencers. It's brought a lot more attention to the fashion industry and made trend cycles and the prices of clothing going up and the competitiveness has definitely increased a lot more with it because everyone's trying to be like on the next item and on to the hype beast or whatever the most popular item is at the time. So I definitely think it's made fashion this large scale hobby, which I love. I love fashion, seeing how everyone kind of brings their own personality into it. It's like the easiest way to get first impressions of people. So I Mm -hmm. definitely think it's helped with that and it's changing what was once a luxury fashion. It's bringing it down through trickle down systems to the mass public. Right. Well, that it's a good thing that more people are, are being into fashion, but it's also kind of, mm-hmm. I don't want to say bad, but it's like, because of the influencer culture, we kind of got places like Shein mm-hmm. to be a thing, um, which isn't great. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Um, but the fact that it's kind of bringing more people into fashion and bringing so many other, I guess, like levels of of creativity and taste into into the community is awesome mm-hmm. but at the same time there's like a drawback of like oh like Shein still exists which is like it's like a big drawback kind of <laughs> I'm very opinionated on fast fashion and companies like that I think it's definitely a big spectrum like on one hand it's good that there's companies like that for people who are interested in fashion but can't afford the price tag that some kind sometimes comes with it but mm-hmm. then there's the ethics side of it and the sustainability yeah. side of it that just hurts me so badly. In high school, we weren't even like, I guess I kind of was trained this way. In high school, we had orientation when I was a freshman and it just talked about how they didn't support Nike and don't support fast fashion and sweatshops and all that. So it kind of has been ingrained into me to become this whole person who's doesn't shop at Shein Forever 21. I truly try to research my brands and make sure that garment workers are being paid fairly and that sustainable practices are being followed as best as possible. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, what what would be like a tip for someone? If you're if someone you meet someone and they're like trying to get into fashion, they talk to you and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I want to get into fashion like but I don't want to use like Shein or H&M or any of those mm-hmm. places." Like, what would you recommend? I would first start by deciding what your personal style is. I feel like a lot of Shein, it's just the new trend that's coming. A lot of people don't really take the personal style with it. They see it on someone and want to wear it for a week. So I'd say the first step is deciding the image you want to put out and kind of what you want to wear. And then next, I would say if you want just a classic piece that's going to last you to stick with thrifting, or if you do have the budget, research the company before you purchase from them. Like this summer, I worked with a sustainable ethical company and on 
their about you page, like every single product they have, they tell you where it's from. They have a factory audit and everything. And they are all about making fashion more attainable. So I would definitely research companies and there are more affordable options that are still fashionable as well. So I would say turn towards those and just try to make sure what you're buying, you can wear more than once and you can piece it different ways. And you see at least five outfits that you can put one item towards. That's the, that's the golden number for you is like, if, if you can Mm -hmm. piece together five outfits around this one, this one item, Mm -hmm. it's probably a decent thing to buy. Definitely. I would say three to five is a nice range because you don't want to just buy, for example, this one shirt, but you can only wear it with one set of pants because then that also leads with, I feel like social media, a lot of people don't want to repeat outfits on their Instagram or don't want to be caught wearing the same thing twice. So it helps target those people who want to look like they're always wearing something new, but also make sure your clothes are giving their life, their life cycle and true life out of them. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I never really thought about it that way. Maybe I should start shopping like that because mm-hmm. I'm definitely a culprit of like using the same fit, not the same exact fit, mm-hmm. but like basically the same fit, but with like a different shirt and like shorts. But like the only pair mm-hmm. of pants again on my Instagram is like that black Levi's pair. And I need, mm-hmm. I need to change that because I've been called out on it a few times by my <laughs> friends. I feel like men's fashion is also so much harder. Like I had a few guy friends in high school who would want to dress better and they would just say, I mean, when they go shopping, it's the same three styles over and over again. It's so much harder to find new items to wear because for girls, you can wear skirts, you can wear dresses, or if you want to break those boundaries as well. But for guys, it's jeans, khakis, sweatpants. There's not much you can do with it, but I think that's changing a lot recently as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's basically my style. It's just like jeans, shirt, and like a pair of loafers. Like that's, that's about mm-hmm. it. And I don't really see it changing that far from that men's fashion. I didn't really think about it like that. I mean, if you want to wear a skirt and, and, you know, break, break those boundaries, be my guest. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. Speaking of that, Russell, did you see the Russell Westbrook fit where he was wearing like a not. long kilt? Oh, very interesting. I've not seen that. I've really just kind of seen Harry Styles and Tyler, the creator leading that kind of movement. It was awesome that he's like wearing like a skirt. No, no disrespect to Russell Westbrook, but like it was kind of a bad fit in my opinion mm-hmm. because like the whites there was like a white cardigan on top and the skirt was white, and then mm-hmm. but it went down to like his mid leg, like his, the middle of his shin, and then he was mm-hmm. wearing like giant boots. But I mean, Osmond's wearing a skirt fit was kind of off for me, but mm-hmm. he dresses better than me anyway, so I can't really talk. Okay, let's hop into the fashion board. Mm-hmm. What is fashion board? If you had to sum it up, if I had to sum it up, it's definitely it's open to all majors, which is something I love. But everyone has an interest in fashion. We have guest speakers. We work with Belk a lot, and we have a lot of DIYs. And we're working with other clubs and other businesses and collaborating to have meetings with them, which I really like. We had SJ Denham come for one time. She's a USC alum, fashion board alum. And she has an upcycling denim company where she brought old denim scraps. We made purses out of them. We are having a charcuterie meeting coming up and just kind of learning about the industry and collaborating with other people, which I also really like. You're learning about the charcuterie board industry or the fashion? 
We're going to be at like a fashion venue. So it's called FemX. So we're working with them to host a meeting and kind of hear about her retail experience. But I feel like something that's a big trend in the industry is the charcuterie making and all that kind of stuff. So we try to interpret that into our meetings as well. So it's just kind of like a a jack of all trades kind of Mm -hmm. like fashion centric kind of. uh, Yes. Community organization club. Yes. So we have a bunch of small events like that throughout the year. And then every spring semester we put on our own fashion show. So we work with local vendors and retailers and have a whole runway show and a whole fashion week, which is so much fun. It's my favorite part of the school year as chaotic and busy and hard to plan as it is it is so much fun once it actually goes live and everyone's there no it sounds awesome so you host your own fashion week Mm-hmm. so we That's usually awesome. have like a keynote speaker my freshman year we had katie bellotti come she's an influencer from new york so we paid for her flight and had her come down and just talk to the club and anyone else who wanted to listen and then we also have like coffee tabs we have workout classes we'll have one year we did a hair salon collaboration, just little things like that to hype up the show. How important is it to you to have a community of people around you that kind of share the same interests as yourself? I personally love it. A lot of girls that I went to high school with or in my sorority are not very into fashion. And so it's nice to have that one outlet where I can talk to them about fashion and see what they're doing with it and having people with similar interests. Because I've always been, like, the not to call myself out, but, like, the fashionable one. Like, everyone's always trying to borrow my clothes and all that. So it's nice to be able to have a circle of women who are showing me new ways to style things and challenging me and show up so well-dressed that it inspires me to come up in something more than Nike shorts and a workout top. So, <laughs> Yeah. I, th- I Yeah. Having a community around you of, of people that share the same interests definitely – for me at least, definitely pushes me to experiment a little bit more and kind of build off of, of what each other, what everyone else is doing, which I think is good because mm-hmm. if one person is doing like something that's super, super cool, like whatever, you could take that, spin it, make it your own thing, and then you have this entirely mm-hmm. new thing. Is it important for you that fashion is a kind of community-based thing or is it? do you think fashion is best enjoyed kind of not on your own, but kind of where you're doing your own thing by yourself, not really being influenced by other people. I think it's kind of a spectrum. Like, I don't think everyone should always dress the same exact way and you should copy people's outfits and wear the same thing as your friends. But definitely having that group of people who is also super interested in fashion, has their own personal style being developed and being able to see how you they, for example, the sneaker trends, seeing the different types of sneakers and how people wear it with outfits. It's something that can unite people, but everyone kind of takes it in their own light, which I like. So where it's a community, but it's not everyone making carbon copies of the same outfits with each other. Yeah, that's like, I think that's the best part of of being a part of something that where you all kind of share the same interests, as I said before. Okay, now let's get into the, the fit check or not the fit check, but like the show. What kind of made you want to join FitCheck as uh, a, a member of the team? So I had never really heard of the show before. I've recently gotten into podcasts this semester, this summer. So I'd never really, they'd never been on my radar. And then a member of my sorority named Sydney 
had texted me saying that they were looking for more people to add on to the team. And so I checked it out. I listened to a few episodes and I've never really had a creative outlet like this in the fashion realm. Like I had fashion board, but it was very meeting based, very hands-on and DIYs and guest speakers where this was something that still involved fashion, but was complete 180 from what I was already doing. So it was something I would love to be a part of and just kind of expand my horizons and learn about people with different styles and people who are doing such amazing things in the industry. Yeah. I'm excited for you and Grace to be here. I'm like super excited again, way less work for me and Josh. Knowing that you two know what you're like talking about and like kind of seeing that and seeing what you do with that knowledge, I'm like super excited to see it. And I'm very excited for you two both. Um, Going off of that, what would you say are you most looking forward to uh, with this? I think being able to just meet so many other people. I love hearing everyone's own stories and how they got invested into the fashion industry. Like for me, it's always been something I've loved, but some people it's a specific thing in their life brought them to fashion and how they discovered the industry. I love hearing those stories and being able to meet so many people. So I'm excited to be able to intern, but not intern to interview them (laughs) and hear their stories firsthand and just learn about so many other aspects of the industry that I might not even know about yet. Yeah, that's definitely the most fun part about this entire thing is just learning about different people and and where they come from and how that's kind of played into what they wear and how they present themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Now doing a 180 from that, what are you most nervous about? I think also interviewing everyone and being able to make sure all the conversations aren't the exact same and making everyone's story highlighted and so unique from the others because everyone's story is so unique. That's probably my main work because I love talking to people, but I want to make sure everyone is highlighted and their true self and true stories are shown through the questions that are being asked and through the episode they're featured on. So I think that's also, it's a double whammy how it, I'm super excited for it, but I'm also nervous for it. Right. Yeah. I was, yeah, that, that never really goes away uh, the further mm-hmm. you get into it. So it's, it's tough, but are you currently experimenting with any <laughs> new styles or trying new things in your wardrobe? I think jewelry. I've recently really gotten into that. I've never experimented with jewelry because it was very against my uniforms throughout my life. So I was like, why spend the money on something I can't wear for 85% of my week? So I've gotten into like rings and necklaces and trying to add that as little details to all my outfits because I feel like accessories can really make or break an outfit and using mixed metals to also experiment that way is something that's really new to my wardrobe. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. I I got into jewelry like over the summer, mm-hmm. and I don't really know how to like wear it yet. I'm still it's still very <laughs> new to me. I still feel weird like wearing a ring on my finger because like, I've never done it before. But mm-hmm. I know one thing: you're not supposed to wear like a gold ring and a silver ring on the same hand. I think that's a tr- common thought, but I personally love doing that. I love okay. mixing the metals up, so it's just kind of personal style. It definitely has to be done right. I feel like. Some shades of gold can look tacky very quickly, so it has to be like the two, the right shades of gold and silver for it to work out. But it can be done. Yeah, I like jewelry. I think I'm gonna stick with it. Different question: Are there any pieces that have any sentimental value to you? 
I think the main one that comes to mind is I have this denim jacket. My mom had bought it from Banana Republic in like the 70s, like when she was in her 20s. And then her and my dad have kept using it and holding on to it like through their dating life, through their marriage life. And then they gave it to me probably junior year of high school because I wanted a denim jacket. And they're like, oh, this doesn't fit us anymore. Do you want it? And it's the definition of like vintage, like if I tried to go buy it, I either would never find anything close to it or I'd be dropping like a couple hundred dollars because it's insulated. It's like a hundred percent cotton denim and it has all this cool like seamstry on it. You can definitely tell it was handmade somewhere and not mass produced. So I definitely think that's one of my favorites because it's in perfect condition, even though it was made, oh gosh, 40 years ago at this point. So that's a solid jacket. That's like a, a very like solidly built jacket. Yes. It's Damn, oversized. That's... It has no tears or anything on it. Like it's in perfect condition. I think that's part of my parents are like OCD. So they definitely like stored it properly, st- like airtight container. But it's like, I feel like clothes that are made today are not going to last anywhere as long. No, no chance. No shot. No, all the clothes we're wearing now that that are from like this era, if we, if you find them in a thrift store 10 years down the road, they're going to be tattered. Um, That's one thing I've thought about if in 10 years, our vintage clothes even going to be a thing or is all over the thrift store. It's just going to be everyone's leftover Shein. <laughs> like, is it going to be everyone's leftover trend? Literally. No, I think they're just going to repeat just like the Y2K trend, like every five years and just, mm-hmm. that's just going to be it. Um, yeah. so every funny. trend has come back. I tell my mom, I'll go into like Urban Outfitters or PacSun and my mom looks around and she's like, I wore this when I was in my 20s. And I'm like, I always joke, I'm like, if you just kept your entire wardrobe, I would never have to buy anything ever again because it always comes back. Yeah, that's I think that's what I'm going to. Well, no, because like half my wardrobe is from like the 2000s. So I'm just going to hold on to it, whatever. I see the same thing yeah. with my mom, though. She got she went to a Grateful Dead concert and she got a, mm-hmm. a shirt there and like. I don't know if you know this, but like Grateful Dead shirts are super hot online right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're going for like two hundred dollars yeah. for no reason. And I was like, Mom, if you save that, like you could you could either keep it and like frame it, or you could just like make a quick yeah. couple hundred. Literally. Um, yeah, but anyways, yeah. Time's a flat circle. Everything comes back. Just like you know, I can't wait for thirty years to go by. I'm gonna see like like uh, the twenty one was it Forever twenty one like first like like the the corny like millennial stuff like t-shirts yeah. in like in like thrift stores that's gonna be awesome like the live um, laugh love graphic hoodies and stuff like yeah, that <laughs> right 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 or like butt first coffee or something like that yeah <laughs> all right i think with that we can wrap this interview up sydney thank you so much for coming on uh, this is an awesome interview where can the people find you you can find me on instagram at just at sydney daigle thankfully no one's taken it but it's just my name daigle spelled d-a-i-g-l-e so that's my main way you can find me. Okay. Is there anything else you want to plug? Fashion board, anything else? Definitely start showing up to our fashion board meetings. We can You can find us at fashion board at USC, I believe is the user. And we're trying to re, really revamp our social media. So you should definitely check it out. All right. You can follow us on Instagram at fitcheckpod, where we will be posting behind the scenes content and fit pics and a mood board to go along with every single episode every single Friday. Our producer and editor is Joshua Teckel, and this podcast is a production from the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Find out more about Garnet Media Podcast and other student work at garnetmedia.org.